in the Kisushan, and he spoke about the two things that a person naturally wants as a, a bad middah of wanting. The one is money, and the other one is covered. So he talks about money first. In the Chemdas of Maman, he says to the Master Elam. The Chemdas, the desire for money, is something which certainly binds a person to Master Elam. It puts him in lifelong prison. It's something where as long as the person is alive, he is bound by that desire for money. When they send us our voices, and therefore the cords of having to work hard in order to make that money is something which therefore it forces a person to do. And then the way that the Mesut is depicting it is that the drive for money basically drives people to be slaves. It puts him, it binds him in jail, it, it forces him to work. The person is a slave to the one to make money. Now, it's an amazing thing. The Chafetz Chaim says, I'm just adding a few words to explain it. In the same article, Sastan, the Chafetz Chaim says like this. He says, the etzim, the reason, the, the why people work so hard, or what pushes people to work so hard for money, is because they're looking to have more, get more money than they need. Because when a person really needs basics to survive, so that's something Gilakad Shrokha gives people. The problem comes when people want extras. They want more than the basics. So if they're going to spend the money Hashem gave them on luxuries, on unnecessary things, so now they're going to have to work harder to make up what they don't have, what they need. Uh, the dogma. If I shouldn't give the person enough money for the basic things anyway. And now he decides, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to buy the lechem lechel, I'm going to buy myself chocolate lechel, something which is more expensive. So now you're not going to have enough for everything you need, you did it to yourself. Because by, uh, instead of keeping the money that I should give you for things you needed, and there would have been enough for that, by wanting things you didn't need, so now you have to work harder, you have to find a way to make up for, for the things you don't have now because they had to, you had to pay extra for a lifestyle that wasn't necessary. And the Chavis Chaim says another point. He says, the primary reason what brings people to be dishonest in business, he said, is because they're now forced to try and make money which they don't have to keep up a lifestyle they weren't meant to live. These are the ones that they'd solve the other way. Because if a person was living the way they're meant to live, they would have had enough. They wouldn't have had to try to be dishonest to make more. But because they want to live on the standard higher than they're able to, now they don't have enough money, so they have to find other ways to make money, and that's going to bring them to be dishonest. And therefore, he says the, way, the root problem is the root problem is that the person has to learn not, not to get carried away with the expectations of what they want to do with their money, which is an amazing thing. And the Chavaz Chaim says, this is in his Lashem, he says, this is the biggest khali of Adar. That was the 80 years ago. Remember, this was Poland in the 1930s, when oh. people hardly had food to eat. The biggest khali of Adar is people who are trying to live out of their means. So you can imagine the Chavit Chaim would be thinking about the door of the day. It's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. But uh, either way around, it's the same thing. The Chemdus Amaman is, the desire for money is, that itself gets the person stuck in having to make money. If a person didn't want it so much, you wouldn't need to work so much. Because if you, you needed money for what you needed, if you'd use the money for what you really needed, you shouldn't take everything, you have enough. But because he wants more, and he wants to have more, to spend more, to use more, whatever it is going to be, especially in terms of Chemdus, to show off more, so then he made it, that forces him to have to work harder to make more. It's a cycle which which builds on itself. 
And the Mitzvah calls it, like we said, his slave, his slave, it binds him in jail. He's now stuck in that system. He has to, he has to keep, it pushes him to work harder in order to make up the amount he needs to, to, to live the way he wanted to live. So what's, again, quoting again, Rabbi Chaim's last time, in a different variety, he says this also. He says that people who live, who, even if they have money and get used to living a certain lifestyle, he says the world's changing. He says we've seen so many upheavals in the world. I just want, Rabbi Chaim himself is a witness to, the communist government, all the regime of Russia lost everything overnight. Everything was nationalized, they lost all everything. He said it's much harder to have had have, have been in Austria in the past and now not have what you used to have before than never to have had it. If I never had it, I was never something I was used to. And he said that was not a good idea to get used to living on a level which is higher than a person's needs to because he says you're always going to be able to maintain that. And now we don't say that nest that is a guarantee he's going to get it. Over here on the country, you, you decide to you know, put yourself in a position where you're going to live on a higher standard, and now you're going to suffer. We don't have that. We are able to maintain that standard. Shem will take care of him, though. If a puts himself into a situation, he's creating a middle for himself. And, uh, and as we say, that uh, the Chemda makes, 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 uh, obligates the person to keep up with it. And uh, the image is, uh, just to stop at that point for a second, it's so true because it makes a, when a person gets into such a situation, it makes an expectation on them to live a certain lifestyle, even if they don't want to, because it's like uh, that's what's expected, and uh, that, that's that's what I have to do, and I'm going to have to work harder to maintain it because I've now put myself into that so to speak social bracket that forces a person to have to keep up with it, and that's that's what, that's the second problem. Oh, because of yes, because it isn't the bracha. It's a glory. It's a glory. By, by, by wanting money so much, you've now put yourself in a situation where you're going to have to keep working together. I can think of like Swami Nabali Musa said that there's some things which the Oynesh is the direct result of what you did. Like this. Or if, if the Oynesh for wanting money too much is now you put in a situation where you have to keep working to make money. You're not going to be able to not, you're not going to be able to stop. Because uh, you put yourself into a cycle which is going to like, sort of, like, like the rat in the wheel. It, it puts in a cycle which forces you to have to work harder and harder to keep it up. And uh, again, you go into it. But that's the, that, that's what it says. It's the voices. It's the chains which a person who loves money gets into. And he has to maintain that. He has to run faster and faster, so to speak, to, to keep up with what he needs in order to, to have the money. Which is the observation which the, the Rishonim very right and so true. And that is, more money doesn't mean a person's more happy. Because more money comes with a great obligation to make money. So it makes me work harder and harder to make. But so, yes, I have it. And yes, I spend it. Lots and I love Dafka. I'm enjoying it. Because it becomes more than all. Because more of a, a killer burden that the person has to do in order to, 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 to work harder to make the money so that he can do it. And besides for that in itself being a problem, but the result is also, it becomes the primary... Uh, objective in one's life and it takes them away from the story. He is a and takes away from the Hashem. How many tefillas get lost? How many mitzvahs get forgotten? Because a person is so involved in his business, in his job. That's for sure. Because uh, if Talmud is what a person is going to be doing the whole time, but now he's spending so much of that time trying to make money, so of course it's going to come in the cheshman of his territory. And this is what he said before. 
a person thinks, well, what can I do? Uh, I didn't have to make a parnasa. And the answer is, a person has to make a parnasa. But the, if you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to have to make a much higher bracket of parnasa to keep up with a certain lifestyle, so that he didn't have to do it. You put, when a person gets himself into that, so then that, that isn't a cheshman of the Talmud Torah. And I bring this point there also. Why do you have to go to Ever Yom There isn't business you can do where you are, you have to cross the sea. And it's the same side. The answer is, a person can make a living where he is. The people crossing the sea are people who are trying to expand their business. I have to open up another branch, I have to make international contacts there. It's not that that's the minimum, I need it for the minimum. That's for the person who's looking to, 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 to be, grow and do beyond, and get more. By him you won't find Torah. When the, the drive to make money becomes something which, uh, to the extent that a person is willing to travel so much, is willing to go overseas, is willing to make that more and more of a part of his life, so then it's going to come to Cheshmer and Israel. Whereas if a person needs to make a Parnasa, if the Gemara says Matzah places, it doesn't have to come with that expense. A person can make a Parnasa. the key of a Kadah, something which a person can do if he needs to do something, in the sense that it's not going to become. Uh, more and more and more of a problem the person that he's going to have to work harder and harder to give up with. A person is marble b'schayr, won't be machkin. And that's a person who does b'schayr. We see Tanayim who did their jobs. But marble b'schayr, the person is looking to increase. The minimum salary is not enough. The minimum business is enough. They need a bigger business. They need more money. Then it's going to come with the cheshman of his chachma. Um, that's uh, that's the second problem. The one is that it becomes a, a spiral a person can't get out of. The second time, the second point is it comes at the cheshbon of his because now he's so involved in what he's doing, he doesn't have time for for mitzvahs, he doesn't have time for Torah. And it's, it's, I'm sure everyone has a very famous story. It's Rabbi Shlomo Salanta. He used to go around Europe and uh, every town he used to uh, give brushes and try and inspire people to. To learn Muslim, to be more careful and be around the Khabera, to do more mitzvahs, whatever it's going to be. So the story is one child in certain town, he speaks uh, very powerfully about the importance of Ulam Abbaq, and she's spending more of her time doing mitzvahs, and that's what's important in this world. And so after the drush, after Shabbos, the local wagon driver comes up to him and says to Rebbe, I heard what he said, I was very, am I going to get Ulam Abbaq? So Michelle says, I don't know what to do all day. So I'm going to tell him how you spend your day. So he said, I'll tell you, I get up in the morning. It's still dark outside. So I know that if I want to catch the customers who want to go to the next town, I get up in the morning, so I have to be ready that I want to go early. Okay, so while I'm busy feeding the horses and, and preparing the wagon, I'm busy diving the shakras at the same time, and I quickly run. Instead, while I'm busy getting the horses ready, I said that it's still just got an hour in the morning. So I pick up the customers, we have to go a few hours journey, wherever it is. Then I wait there to look for customers to bring back again because the driver into his way. Okay, so I'm in the town, I try and hop around the Mincho and I can, and um, a few hours back in the town. And then people want me to make deliveries also, so I have to step up heavy boxes onto the wagon, off the wagon. By the time I get back at night, I'm exhausted. I manage to say, Shman, I go to sleep. And I have to go to the next morning. And Shman said, That's what we do every day, it's the same. Shabbos night, it's the every day of the week, and I'm sure I work that hard. So Israel said, yeah. So if you're working so hard, you probably have a fantastic Olam Azeh. And that's Olam Azeh, what are you talking about? That's Olam Azeh. Oh, I kill myself and to work so hard. I'm on the road up and down the whole day. I'm schlepping heavy parcels. Why is it Olam Azeh? 
So the Shah says, my friend, he said, if you're spending 12 hours a day working on a day, you don't even have that. So what do you expect to get out of what you're doing nothing for? And it's a very good point. It's a very strong lesson. And that is, if a person is spending so much time on a day, he's not even enjoying it. So then what does he expect? I don't know what he did nothing for. So what are you expecting to get? And uh, if when, when it's the kind of line which makes you re- rethink your priorities. So the person maybe isn't meant to be spending so much time on a day. Maybe the person should be spending more time on a day. But what, for most people, what stops them doing that is that the the all of have gotten themselves into of having to of having to work so hard because they don't have time for anything. It sounds like this, this fellow didn't have. Much. Yeah, what did Rishon want him to do? <laughs> I think it's very partial. Number one, you're going to Dublin, so then leave your wagon. Go to Dublin, Rishon will come in. You're going to you you, you, you whatever it is. The other things, take a half an hour work to go. Yes, you're the wagon driver. Yes, people need you to drive it. Okay, but that shouldn't be your priority in life. That like the few mitzvahs you do are built around your wagon and do agavu thing. You know, get the priority straight. If you went to daven, you're not going to lose money if you daven the way you went to daven. Oh, how to with the customers? Okay, I shall sort it out. You'll have a different customer. And I'm going to take off an hour today to learn some Torah. And what's going to happen? But it's built on the mindset that I have to. I'm so involved in what I have to do with my business. So then agav, I'm doing a mitzvah if I have a chance, when I have a chance. By the way. So of course, my priority system is all wrong. Can I make a comment? The next point. Besides the fact that the preoccupation with money takes the person away from Torah, the MS is it takes the person away from Torah in a different level too. It's not just time thing. It's not just the question he doesn't have time to learn. It's something else also. And that is, uh, you know, people often ask the question, especially, uh, you can say every year, when, uh, there's some people who, Weighing up should they, you know, they're finishing the shiva or they're finishing girls in the seventh and things. What kind of life are they looking to lead? Are they looking to lead a life of Torah? Or are they looking to, you know, they need to go back and get a job and get more into the, the world that their parents and they were used to from America or whatever And the question which always people want to ask is, does agreeing to live a life of learning or for a girl to marry someone in learning, does that mean I'm going to suffer financially? Does that mean it's going to be very hard for me to make hands meet? And the answer I always say is no, it doesn't. One has nothing to do with the other one. The people who are learning have a lot of money, and the people who are working have striking. Hashem decides, in both, in both ways, in both categories. There's some, there's some people who are successful, most of them are successful in that. There's some people who are not successful and have a hard time here, some have a hard time there. So there's no, there's no guarantee that the two go together. That if I choose to work, I'll be rich, and if I choose to learn, I won't. And like I said, having worked in stock organizations, the, the cases which need the most help and the most desperate cases are normally people who are working who lose their jobs or their business collapses. It's, it's more often than you find the, the person sitting learning who is in desperate financial situation. But the one thing is true, and that is you can't want both. You can't spend life wanting a life of Gashmus and wanting a life of Torah. It's, it's mutually exclusive. You could have the person who happens to have money, so he doesn't have to worry about it, but that's not what he's interested in. Because the more a person gets into money, the less he's into Torah. And the more a person's interested in Torah, the less he's interested in money. It's either or. And it's really the Midrash driver on that process, which is Rosh brought. I have Kesef, I have Kesef. The Midrash says, the Umar says, I have Torah, I have Torah. And it's one or the other one. If a person is, or in his mind is always thinking about, I have to check my stocks, and where am I going to invest, and how much should I, and how should I make more money, 
his, his mind isn't in Torah, even if he's sitting in a kodal and you have a chavrasa. He's not in it. He's more interested in his mind. And if a person starts thinking and learning and trying to now think about how can I fit in the next exercise and, when we're going to, and how I'm going to chazar and this after, so then the money isn't in his mind. He doesn't think about it. It's not something which he's always focusing on. That's either or. And that's besides for the amount of time. It's the amount of focus. And uh, for example, Nev Shachan says that even a person who wants to work, he brings up his small, says a person can get a job in school then. He says, Hanheg Bohem without Nerecharetz. So Nev Shachan, a person like that should think, work on thinking about learning while he works. So he doesn't, uh, it's not like while he's working, his man taking up with his job. Find the job that while you, you can be doing something at the same time, you're still thinking about learning. Uh, now, that's good. But it's a dialogue of a person who isn't focused on learning. The person's focused on witness. The other problem with the Ayyav Kasef is that the person focuses on the money. And once it becomes his focus, also he thinks about it, that's what he's interested in. So then he may learn, it's, it's not a, it's just a question of how much time he has to learn. It's a question of where his head is. And that's not his interest anymore, then he's not going to grow into it. Because it's, it's, it's not something which is, uh, which is prevalent, which is dominant in his, in his thoughts. It's Ayyav, and then he may learn, it doesn't have that same effect. Terrorist uh, that's, uh, that's that's another meaning of the says the chemdas moment. The danger of it is what it does to to destroy a person's ability to grow in ruchniyus because the matter it's either or where a person's thoughts are and a person's interest is in, is in one direction or the other. This is a part of the Ma'avariya. And he says that the Torah isn't nimtes, but also the Hakim Ma'avariya and the is a, like we said, it's a practical thing. People spend so much of their time working. But it's also the person who's looking to make money. The person who's always thinking about business. He, the Torah won't be nimtes by him. He doesn't have the headspace to think in Torah and to live growing Torah. He's too, too involved in the way of Kassim. That's uh, the first part of the Mirza Khandra. As we tomorrow, we'll see the next part. It says the other, the other problem which comes with being too involved in money, that's the next part of the Mirza Khandra.